It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. It is a fresh Monday, and we are here on Inspired Choices Network sharing with you an incredible message today about how to encourage critical thinking. The topic of critical thinking is some that we can get confused about what that means. And when I was researching for the show, I actually spent some time really studying what is critical thinking. And critical thinking, we're just gonna dive right in today. It is about being able to assess different levels of information, different types of information, and being able to make informed decisions. Now, what's the challenge today with critical thinking versus 30, 40, 50 years ago? Well, the challenge has been that we have a lot of information. So the beauty of the digital age and the information age that we're in means that we have tons of information at our fingertips. I was studying my children as I was preparing for the show. Now, for any of you parents out there, we are right before school starts. And so I've got my kids home a lot and I'm studying their behaviors and how they consume information. Now, if they wanna know what the weather's gonna be like outside, the first thing they do is yell across the room, hey, Alexa, hey, Alexa, what's the weather gonna be today? Now, if you ask me what the weather's gonna be like, there'll be one of two different things I'll do. It doesn't even occur to me that, you know what, actually here's something really funny. I just said that and Alexa from three rooms away heard me and responded. Now you can't hear that, she wasn't loud enough, but that is the reach of that. How funny is that? that Alexa's got that kind of reach. So it's very easy for our children, our employees, for us to be able to trigger that and then get information. So if you're gonna ask me, what's the weather, Kathleen, or what's the forecast for today? I'm either gonna look on my phone on my local weather app, or perhaps on my app, I've got a couple different apps on my phone that show the weather, maybe my national weather app, where it'll show for my area. So a couple different ways to see the weather. Or I'm going to look outside and I'm going to see based on the current pattern what it's going to be like here in the next hour or two. So if I'm thinking, hey, maybe I want to go for a walk outside, then I would look outside and look at the weather pattern. Now, could there be a pop-up storm or something that might be different? Absolutely. But it'll give me a pretty good gauge of what the weather is. So do I wear a long sleeve shirt? Do I put a tank top on? Do I want sunglasses? Do I want a hat? Those are going to be my indicators. But if you look to somebody that, that grew up in the information age, so I'm 40, I'm revealing my age here, somebody just a little bit younger, like in the 20s, 30s range, they wouldn't use those outside sources. They would go to something like an Alexa and they would say, what's the weather going to be like? And if Alexa says the weather is going to be 33 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever temperature zone we're in. I'm here in the United States. We use Fahrenheit. So if it's going to be 33 degrees Fahrenheit outside, even though it is in the middle of the summer, the question in critical thinking is, would I stop and say, but it's August and the temperature yesterday was 85 and that would may not make sense that the temperature today would be in the 30s. And so critical thinking is saying that we have all this information in front of us, but we get to decipher and make decisions based on that information, knowing that some of that information in front of us is not actually 
supportive information. Now I say this in jest, this next piece, but it's gonna be a shock to you maybe perhaps to know that all of the information on the internet is not necessarily valid information. Now, if that is a shock to you, then welcome to the world. See, so it doesn't actually, nobody's reviewing most sites on the website, blogs, videos, <laughs> you can just post stuff, Facebook posts. And so there is tons of information. Now that is in our social world, but think about that from a business or a workplace. There is all kinds of information and data that we're collecting every single day. And some of that data makes sense. Some of that data is accurate, but some of it isn't. Some of it, what we call an outlier, which means it's not something that follows any sort of trend. It's if we were living in a right or a wrong, we use those words, we would say it's, it's wrong. It actually doesn't lead you to paths. If you look at the medical world, if you go into an emergency room and you have, you just don't feel well, okay? So you have some kind of discomfort in your body and you go in, the job of the ER doctor is to eliminate, not to find the course of your problem, but to eliminate these major medical concerns. And if they happen to find the solution in that pathway, then that's amazing. But what they're doing is eliminating any of the critical challenges. So what's your heart rate? What's your blood pressure? Any of these at such a high note that these are going to cause you immediate danger. And once they've eliminated all of the critical areas, they may or may not have your diagnosis. They may send you to your primary care physician or a primary care physician to actually figure out what's going on. But their job is not actually to find the solution. It's wonderful if they do, but it's to eliminate any, any immediate concern. Because if you're going to die, they don't want you to die. They don't want you to die at the hospital, but they most certainly don't want you to die. And so they're saying, let's eliminate all of the things that we think could cause you to die so that we can get you to somebody who can support that care. So they are, they are masters of critical thinking. Now, what I also know about the medical profession, growing up in a house, my dad was a neuroscientist, my mom was a, a nurse, and both of them trained a lot of students. So my dad spent his years as a professor and he, he, just, he trained a lot of that medical space. So I learned a lot about how, how we train our medical professionals. And it's actually no different than how we train in the workplace. What I find fascinating is that if you present to a doctor with a challenge that their first concern is to eliminate immediate challenges, okay? To, in, to eliminate the immediate presence of issues that are gonna cause your life to be shortened because what's their ultimate goal? To keep you alive. Secondary goal, to keep you in the healthiest possible position that they can. So think about that. That is constantly going through critical decision. So you come in and you say, well, I have a headache, I have a stomach ache and my toenail hurts. Headache, stomach ache, and toenail hurts. Where are they gonna go first? Probably headache and stomach ache because the toenail isn't, isn't probably a critical thing. Unless of course, you've also got a green foot and they think that you're gonna lose the foot because you have gangrene and, and so we've got bigger issues. Okay, then, then maybe we've got big, we've, we're 
concerned about the foot. But most of the time, we're going to go to the critical points first. It's the exact same thing in the workplace. When we've got a set of scenario in front of us, we are looking for challenges. And sometimes we have outliers where we don't know what to do with that information. But what I find fascinating about critical thinking, and to tie this back into the Alexa era, let's call it that, when we've, or Google it even, how many times have you said to someone, oh, I don't know the answer to that. Why don't you Google it? All right, let's be honest. I've said that quite a few times in my parenting life where my kids will ask me a question, especially if it's after 9 p.m. at night. It seems like the answer gets to be Google it more. But when they come up with a question that I really don't know the answer to, I'll say, hey, Google it. And while that is a simple way to get a, an answer, it doesn't mean it's the correct answer, while it is a way, it's not actually teaching critical thinking. When I realized that, I realized, well, now I got to change my parenting strategy here. But it also meant I got to change my strategy with my employees and with the people around me. Because when we do that, we're getting one specific answer, but we're not building critical thinking, meaning we can look objectively at a series of answers. Now, let's look at this in the political landscape. Yes, I said that, and we're going to go there. Think about COVID. So as a, as a society, we cannot agree on how we see COVID. We cannot agree on vaccinations or not vaccinations. We can't agree on whether it's a pandemic, an endemic, or just this disease. Or some people think it's made up. And so we all have different views on it. And so, got it, that is society, and that is always going to happen with every single topic. But somebody that can critically think can look at a series of data, can look at people's opinions, can look at multiple information sources, and then form an opinion based on those and be able to make decisions from a neutral perspective. What does that mean, neutral perspective? It means that just because someone is yelling one thing, it doesn't mean that because they're yelling the loudest, that's how we choose to follow. It means that we're actually setting ourselves up to look at a whole different combination of sources. Think of this like a fruit basket. You've got all kinds of different fruits in there. You've got your apples, your oranges, your bananas. Those are all different sorts of information. But you still get to decide how you're going to pull that source of information and what you're going to eat. You get to decide based on the information at hand, based on how you're going to pull that out and make the decision. That is the mark of a true leader. So remember that when you're looking at somebody asks you a question, you may not actually have all of the information that you need. Your fruit basket may actually not be complete. You may have the apple and the orange, but the banana you don't have yet. And once you can get that, once you can identify that I have certain pieces of information, but I don't have all of them. And if I had that banana, then how could I make a decision differently? Now, I want to give you a real world example of this because that is actually part of critical thinking. It's one thing that you can do to support critical thinking, and it is about how you look at the material in front of you. So let's take an example about an employee that perhaps you're wondering if they belong on your team anymore. So think about the fruit basket, okay? 
you get to look at, so the employee, the decision is, does this employee belong on our team anymore? So you're really wondering, do I support them in finding something else, maybe within your company or somewhere else outside of your company, like firing them, or do they stay in the position that they're in? So that's essentially the fruit basket, okay? That's what we're looking at to say, this is how, this is our question that we're answering. Now, what kind of data would support us in answering that? Think of that as your fruit. So how is this employee performing? You have that information. So you're going to ask the people around them. You're going to look at the results that they produced. Call that your apple. That's one piece of information. And then you've got your orange, which might be customer feedback. If you've got customer feedback on there, let's just say that's your orange. And then perhaps you have your feedback. That's the banana. All of a sudden you formed this basket of information that we're referring to like our fruit basket. It's a basket of information. But perhaps what you really want to know is what the goals of the employee, what they really even are. Does this employee even want to be here? What motivates that employee? Think of that as your grapes. That's the last piece of information you need. And so then you're going to go search for the grapes and you say, I am going to make a decision once we get the information for the grapes. Yes, I have the apple. Yes, I have the orange. Yes, I have the banana, but I still need the grapes. And once I can get the grapes, then I can make the decision. And so now your job is to go get the grapes, go get the information, go ask the employee, what is your goal long-term? Because when you have that information, you've got your fruit basket complete. Now you can make your decision. But actually, you are making a decision up until that point. You're saying, I have three of the four pieces of information. And once I have this fourth piece of information, then I will make the big decision. Now, imagine if you're talking to one of your, let's say, a manager on your team who's having this question with you and you say, look, we know this, this, and this, but we need this in order to make the decision. How clear is that communication? That manager can now be in partnership with you to be able to go out and solve a problem. And you're teaching that manager how to critically think because now the manager sees, okay, I've got to gather different sets of information in order to answer the, this bigger question. Some questions we can just answer. But when we're really using critical thinking skills, these are challenging and complex situations. Whenever we're looking at firing or, or removing somebody from their current role into another one, that's a complex situation. And so we want to make sure we have all of the data points and we get to make sure that we can critically think. Now, I took for advantage that critical thinking was just something that we could do, but it's not. It's something that we can train and we can develop. We can train and we can develop, but it is something that we get to consciously think about because in today's workplace, this is a real issue. We've got people that have grown up in the Google it or Hey Alexa generation who do not know how to critical think, not to mention all of the older generations that just aren't using this tool. So it's something that we get to actively teach. Now we're gonna go on a quick commercial break and when we get back, we are actually going to talk about some of the steps that you can take today in your workplace to teach critical thinking and for yourself to elevate your critical thinking. So enjoy this quick break. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com.
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking all about how to encourage critical thinking. Now, this isn't just something that we said, hey, what should we talk about today? Critical thinking sounds great. It's actually something that I've had a lot of my clients, executive executives, I do a lot of executive coaching on growth strategy and how to support the growth of businesses. And one of the things that I hear a lot is that there's this kind of death of critical thinking. And so what that means is that the employees tend to get one source of information and think that that is all the source, the answer. And what I hear my clients saying is, how do I teach my employees that we get to look at a couple different sources and we get to form an opinion based on the information in front of us? Because the more that they can do that, that that's truly a higher level thinking. And what's actually happening is that the higher level thinking, the process that we get to walk through, it exists in our logical brain. Now, if you listen to the shows for the past few weeks, I've talked a little bit about neuroscience. As I mentioned, my dad's a neuroscientist. I grew up in that world, but I spent a lot of time with him lately just understanding how the brain functions and how it relates to some of this emotional intelligence. And so as we walk into the frontal cortex, which is that, that frontal lobe where logical reasoning resides, that's something that we develop over time. Now that frontal cortex, it's not even actually complete until about the age of 26. So if you're working with earlier, uh, like, like 21, 22, 23, just out of college, you may not see logical reasoning yet. I think about what I was doing right out of college, it's crazy. I actually worked for a big four accounting firm and I was working on the auditing process. So I would walk into these big fortune 100 companies and. I would review how they actually do their processes. At the time that I graduated from college, Sarbanes-Oxley had just coming out, had just come out, just been released. There had been Enron and the collapse, and perhaps if you're listening, you may know what this is, but you may not. And what that was, in short, is there was a bunch of fraud that was happening in some companies, and this one accounting firm came in and found it, but there was a lot of collusion going on. And so it really, it ended up with a lot of companies imploding. A number of companies got taken down in this whole scandal. And from an accounting perspective, the way that we said, this is how we're gonna go forward, was that we created this act called the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. And it meant that teams of people external to businesses would go in and review how processes were being done to eliminate fraud. And that is the, element or the experience, the environment that I stepped into right out of school. And so as a 22-year-old, I could walk into the CFO or CEO's office of a company and say, tell me how your business is run. 
it was a phenomenal opportunity to really understand the fundamentals of business. And what I realized was that after talking with numerous executives at, at such a young age, that nobody did things the same way. And when I went and talked to these leaders of uh, different processes within companies, and I'd say, so how are you doing your accounts payable? Or how are you doing your accounts receivable? And they would have all these written documentation because that was a requirement of this Sarbanes-Oxley Act. And I would say, well, this is what you said you do. Is, is this actually what you do? And then I would test it. So we would we would get information from them and I would say, okay, well, you this is what your document said. This is what you said. And now let me actually see the proof that this is what you do. And so looking at three different sets of data and saying, based on what I'm seeing here on these three sets of data, okay, I believe that this is true or I believe that it's not. And so that was the, the essence of developing critical thinking. Now, not everyone is blessed to be able to have that opportunity. For me, that's what really supported me in, in finalizing that logical reasoning step. And so it, it, because I had that experience, it may have been formed a little bit earlier, a few years earlier than some of my peers who didn't choose a path like that. And that's okay. Everybody develops it at a different point. When I look at, at children today, we have a lot of a lot of growth to do because we are in this Alexa and this Google generation. I was at the Science Center with my kids a few weeks ago. We were actually in Oklahoma City on vacation, and I watched them and then all the kids that were there of varying ages, and I watched how they used the Science Center. There was so much there. I mean, you could spend days in the Science Center, and the kids would walk from place to place, not even walk. It's like it's like they had wings and they were flying. Like, like what a bumblebee would do if you were in one place, but then, oh my gosh, you saw a flower over here and then you saw another one here and another one here. And that's exactly what it was looking like. They were just moving from one to the next and they would stop for a second and then they would move on to the next. So if you've ever watched a bumblebee in a garden, they hop to one flower and then they fly off to the next one and then they fly off to the next one and then they fly off. And, and so they pause for a second, but then they move to the next thing. Well, as a parent with a kid attempting to follow this pattern, it makes no sense to me. But what I realize that they're doing is that they're collecting information from each of these areas and they're finding what they like. And then they stay longer at what they like, but they're very quickly making the decision, oh, I don't like that for whatever reason, whatever categories they are judging what they like on, and then they're moving on to the next one. So they're gathering a series of data to be able to make an informed decision about where they want to spend their time. So it's actually a form of developing critical thinking. It in no way would work for me. It would shut me down, but that's not the environment that I grew up in, a very high stimulus environment. That doesn't work for me. But for kids, think about this generation that's coming up that's what they have. They, they are living in high stimulus environments. And so it's something from the workplace that we get to look at because you, and, you may thrive, if you're like me, you want more of a calm, peaceful environment in order to be productive. We talked a few weeks ago about creativity and what actually drove creativity. If you want to drive productivity, use white noise. But if you want to drive creativity, you actually want a little bit more of a... a I don't want to say hectic, but people moving around like a coffee shop type atmosphere, that drives creativity. That is for somebody who is geared at a lower 
stimulus level, but you got a whole group of employees that are about five to 10 years out that are going to change that. They are actually going to thrive when brighter colors and noises are louder. When it's calmer, they'll have a lot of challenges because that, again, is not the environment that they're used to. Think about a bee in your office. What happens? You just move around everywhere. You might get your fly swatter out. You got that honeybee, that bumblebee everywhere. They're running around and you want to you wanna get it out. But that is the minds of some of our employees and it's the workforce that's coming in. So we just get to be cognizant that that's happening because critical thinking, they absolutely are developing this skill if we can hone it for that. So we say, sure, you want to get this information from Alexa, that's amazing. But there's also some other sources that you get to verify or get additional information from. Remember the fruit basket? It's not just the orange. It's not just the apple. It's not just the banana or the grapes. We actually really need to look at all of the information in its entirety to be able to make a decision. So can we teach this next generation critical thinking? Absolutely. But where you start is, is reminding them that we get to look at different amounts of information. It's not just one. We don't want to just go with one source. Then there's also the thought of trusting sources. So when we think about authenticity in sources, again, remember we talked about in the last segment before we went on break, that it doesn't really matter how, how credible you are. You could, you could start up a website or a blog or a vlog with your video or a podcast. There are all kinds of people that podcast that don't actually share information that is supported or backed up by science or other people. But there's nothing that's actually regulating it. Podcast, it's not a regulated industry, which means that anything that even that I say, and you hear in these shows, that if it's something that you find interesting, you may want to look at other, that's, that's my thought, my opinion, my, my space. And so you may want to verify that with other points of information. I'm telling you how the brain works. I'm telling you that I have verified information from a neuroscientist, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go check it out somewhere else. If you want to form your own opinion, you want to look at multiple sources of information. So for example, let's say you go to your favorite news site and you see an article about, well, actually, you know what? Let's just, let's be specific. Again, we're going to bring politics into this. Why not? So Trump's house was raided uh, by the FBI, Mar-a-Lago. I think I'm saying that correctly. Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so his house was raided. I had this conversation with my husband. I said, it doesn't really matter what is reported in the news. It's going to be very hard to believe any side of this because you've got the media who's got an inherent bias, meaning they've got something to win. So you got to understand the motive of whatever outlet that you're receiving this information. And the news, each of the news outlets have different motives. So you got to understand that. Then you get to understand the, the FBI. Now, is the FBI a neutral party, meaning they're going to go in and then report information from a neutral perspective? Maybe, maybe not. I, I just don't know anymore. And so we've got all of these different layers that are reporting information, and we get to say, can we trust that? Can I trust that for my news source? And I'm saying as a consumer, this is Kathleen Reeson's opinion, I'm not entirely sure that no matter where we go to get information on what happened at Trump's 
house that we're going to get accurate information. So in this case, do I choose to believe whatever was said or found? I, yeah, I'm, I think it's a lot of it's swayed. Unless I saw the police report, the, the FBI reports from it, and even then, could it be swayed? Maybe, but I would tend to rely on that a little bit more. I don't think I would rely on a media outlet's report of that because then we're getting other people's opinions in. And so I can't rely on that just for one piece of information. We've actually got to have a series of information or a series of trusted sources, trusted meaning things that I believe that I can look at. Now, I can create opinions based off of somebody else's opinion, but we want to go as close to fact as we can from a data perspective to understand the opinion that we're going to form. So what I'm saying is when you see pieces of information, understand where they came from, who prepared it, and what their motives are. Now, you could find people that would argue that the only reason that the FBI raided Trump's home is because Trump wants to run, make another run for the presidential bid in 2024. And, and possibly that's the case. And based on your beliefs, you may say that is right or wrong. But if we're really thinking about critical thinking, our beliefs are not driving this neutral perspective. We're looking at a series of data and we're saying, based on the information that's presented, here is a decision that I would make. That's our job as leaders. Our job is not to put our beliefs or project our beliefs into the decisions. We are paid to be neutral. That is our role. And now we get to teach other people how to do that. So we're going to go on a quick break, and when we get back, we'll dig into more ways that you can teach other people and yourself how to up-level in this critical thinking, how to encourage critical thinking in your workplace. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership, here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show. Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about how to encourage critical thinking. And I have an invitation for you when we're talking about critical thinking. Yes, you can elevate your own critical thinking, but you also get to support your people around you in your workplace, your peers, in 
how to critically think. So I'm inviting you to be the sunshine, the ray of sun that really is that beacon for critical thinking. Because the number one way for others to learn critical thinking around you is when you're the role model of critical thinking. So be the sunshine, be that ray of sun that eliminates, or eliminates, that really radiates off of you so that you can show them how to critically think. Because when they see it demonstrated, that is when they can pick up those skills so that they can also utilize critical thinking. So the, one of the ways that you can do that and be the role model is to encourage skepticism. Encourage skepticism. Now, as a young person, sometimes we tell them, do not question your elders. So there's really a difference between being defiant and being skeptical. Skeptical means that anything that I see or hear, I don't just take it for face value. It means that I'm going to dig deeper and be curious. Remember, the opposite of judgment is curiosity. So if I'm in a space of judgment, it means that I am making something wrong because it exists. I don't like that. We said earlier before this break, we talked about not projecting our beliefs. So as a critical thinker, we're not going to project our beliefs. So we're actually going to be curious when we see something that just doesn't quite make sense. Remember that example of the weather. If I ask Alexa, what's the weather going to be like today? And Alexa says 33 degrees, but it's the middle of the summer. I get to be skeptical. And just because one piece of information said something, I get to be skeptical and say, huh, does that, does that fit into my data set that I've collected? And so we, that, that's when we can say, hmm, I'm not really sure. Let's be curious about that and ask more questions. So encourage skepticism. Now, being curious, that is just an underlying desire, something that we get to do. Be curious. Ask questions. That goes hand in hand with being skeptical. Another one is to express opinions and encourage others to express opinions as well. That's going to be really important because you get to be, if you're being skeptical and you've got a thought, you get to express why your thoughts that way. So instead of saying 33 degrees, mm, no, if you're being the role model, that ray of sunshine for your team, you say, oh, okay, I hear that you say it's going to be 33 degrees today. Okay, got it. Uh, if it was 33 degrees, and if that's true, that would make it one of the coldest days of the summer. Is that true? And so it catches your team, the people around you, off guard. Wait, the, the coldest day of the summer, what do you mean? And then you can say, well, you know, in the summer, the sun is shining brightly. And so it's typically a lot warmer. Yesterday, it was in the 80s. And so today, to be 30s, it's totally possible. But typically, with the sun shining the way that it is, it's going to be more like 70, 80, 90 degrees. So does 30 degrees make sense? Now you're teaching your team without saying, you're an idiot. That's incorrect. And the fact that you believed it is a challenge. You're actually guiding them down the path, being the role model, encouraging skepticism by saying, is that an outlier? Do you really believe that with the sun shining the way that it is, that it would be 30 degrees? Well, no. You give them an opportunity to then think through that. You're encouraging critical thinking. And so when you're expressing your opinion in a way where you are getting the question started and invoking curiosity, it opens up possibility for your team to see that perhaps 
that's not the case. Perhaps we get to gather more information. Perhaps we get to ask Alexa again. Perhaps we get to look at a weather app. Perhaps we get to go outside and see the temperature. Because if you walk outside, you're going to know it's not 30 degrees. So there are lots of other data points that we could gather. But we get to use our mind. Remember, be the sunshine. Be the role model. Okay, so now think about brainstorming. One of the things that... I see in some of these younger generations, I say this like I'm 90 younger generations, I think I'm aging myself on this show. When I was a kid, <laughs> I walked uphill both ways to school. No, that's not actually the case. I did walk uphill, but I got to walk downhill on the way home, so I am not aging myself here. Short story, I was in a meeting last week, we were working on some board development with a client, and they had these age demographics they had a 30 to 40 year old and a 40 to 60 and a 60 plus. And these two guys, they stand around me. This is perfect, perfect example of critical thinking. These two guys, they say, hey, Matt and I, this, this other guy I was talking to, his name was Matt. He says, Matt, guess what? We are the only two people in this 30 to 40 category. I looked right at the guy and I said, no, no, I'm 40. I'm in that category. I think this is wrong. There should be three. He goes, Oh, no, you're in the next category, the 40 to 60 category. You could have seen my mouth just drop open. I finally jumped up in the category, and the next ending was 60, plus, was 60, and then I was in the 60 plus category. And I said, this data set creates some challenges. So I was skeptical on this because 30 to 40 and 40 to 60, I could have fit in either one. I could have been 30 to 40 but I also could have been 40 to 60. So what the person that was in charge of presenting this data said was, oh, we actually could recategorize this from 30 to 39 and 40 to 60. Now, I could have ended the conversation there. Probably would have been fine. But I said, well, are you open to feedback on there? And I expressed my opinion and he says, yeah, okay. Could you possibly label the category 30 to 40 and then 41 to 60? And he says, well, why is that important to you? And I looked at him and I said, because then I get to stay in the 30 to 40 category for one more year. He just laughed and you know what I want to tell you, I don't think he's going to change. I don't think I won that argument. But if I was looking at this board makeup, Okay, the way that the, the statistics were presented, I had a 30 to 40 and a 40 to 60. So that 40-year-old was overlapped. Now, let's say we had 10 board members that were the age of 40. That would not be presenting an accurate view of the board. Because where do these board members that are 40 fall? Do they fall in the 30 to 40 or do they fall in the 40 to 60? Because if I'm looking at younger board members as they age up, I really don't understand the makeup of my board anymore because I duplicated a number. And this is exactly what happens when we don't utilize critical thinking. Because now I'm going to make a decision about how I'm positioning my board based on the information set that's in front of me. So of course I got to question it. Now I had a selfish motive in there. Remember we were talking about understand people's motives, understand the motives of the writers or the vloggers or the podcasters. I'm telling you right now, my motive was I wanted to be in the younger category. I don't want to be in the older category. If you would have talked to me in my 20s, I would have wanted to be in the next category up. 
But now that I've hit 40s, I want to go down. <laughs> I want to go back to the 30s category in the demographic reporting, if that's an option. So here, that when you see information, you get to be curious about what it means because it doesn't always mean what we think it means. And so we get to express our opinions so that others can be in dialogue and understand. Remember, critical thinking is about gathering multiple sets of data and being able to move through that data. Being able to move through that data. And being able to make the decisions based on it. So that's a really important distinction of critical thinking. Now, being a problem solver, we often talk about problem alerters versus problem solvers. This is something that when I'm working with my clients, they often come to me like, in big picture. My clients will bring up challenges that they're facing with their employees, with the growth of their company, because they're all the same. And then they say, how what's a way that I could solve this? What's a way that I could support my team? What's a way that I can create effectiveness? And we'll talk through that. And so oftentimes we are using a problem solving skill. That means that neither of us have the answer, but we are willing to look at different data points to come up with an answer. Now we often think about data-driven analysis, meaning it's all about spreadsheets. Again, I'm a former CPA, I can play that game, but I also know that in data-driven analysis, where does intuition fit in there? Because intuition is an important part of business. And we've got to be able to trust our gut. When we say intuition, it means really accessing a piece of knowledge that isn't backed up by data. I can't support it with a spreadsheet or with a research report. It's, I just don't have that level of information. It may come from knowledge or wisdom of past experiences, or it may just be, this is, I believe, where we get to go based on my intuition. And that is important. And it gets to sit hand in hand with data-driven analysis. So when we talk about our fruit basket, for example, where we said we had all those data points, intuition could also be, it could be the mango in the fruit basket. It is absolutely important part of critical thinking. We also, we get to put it in the fruit basket. Is it the entire fruit basket? Now, some people may say, yes, I say it all works together. So you got intuition, you've got data, they all get to work together and they're all different sets of information that we are gathering from which we get to make informed decisions. So does intuition play a part in critical thinking? In my opinion, absolutely, 100%. But it, it gets to be a part of the fruit basket. Okay, it gets to be a part of the fruit basket. So remember, that's important too. Now we talked about training and coaching very briefly, that we get to do this in an organization, but training is actually, it's something that typically happens from the outside and it is teaching the process of critical thinking. And it is building that logical reasoning step. Okay, so what you're doing is saying that I've got employees here who get to up-level, maybe it's even you, it doesn't have to be just your employees, there's always ways to up-level. I constantly say I can up-level in my critical thinking because we all can. And so we get to really think about how we can do that. We get to build our logical reasoning steps. And so you can actually work with your team to say, have you looked at multiple sources of information? So think about your fruit basket and how you're preparing it. Do you have multiple fruits in there to solve this problem? And when you do, do you have the fruits that make sense to this problem? 
because it's one thing if we just have lots of information, there is no shortage of information. That's actually a big challenge because when we entered the information age, all of this information became available to us. But it doesn't mean that it's quality information and it doesn't mean it's the information that we need in order to make the decisions. So as a leader in your company, you are responsible for understanding what information do I need in order to move this conversation forward, in order to make this decision. So you get to look at the question. And I'll tell you, after studying decision-making, especially higher level, executive level decision-making, what I find is that the question that we want to, the question that we're asking isn't always the question that we actually want to answer. The question that we're asking isn't always the question that we want to answer. And so that is a part of critical thinking. It's saying, well, what I hear you asking me is this, but what I actually think that you want me to answer is this. And being able to decipher that, that takes listening and being able to communicate it back out, expressing your opinion to say, you're asking me this, but I believe this is what you really want an answer to. That is critical thinking. It's demonstrating it. And then whoever you're talking to can say, oh, yeah, okay, got it. So perhaps that's happened to you before, and I'm giving you the language now that what you're using is critical thinking and you're emulating it like a ray of sunshine saying, okay, there's, we get to really be clear on the question that we're asking, the question that we're asking. And oftentimes that comes down to being curious, being skeptical, all the things we've been talking about today. So we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to wrap up this entire show. We've gotten a lot of width on critical thinking and some depth. So we will wrap it up with the bow and hand you this episode today of how to encourage critical thinking. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about how to encourage critical thinking, both for yourself and for your organization in your workplace. Now, I can wrap up critical thinking with one thought. Oftentimes as the leader, we are handed questions. We are handed decisions to make. I was just talking with a friend yesterday and he was explaining to me that we have a mutual acquaintance that I really didn't know that much about. And he says, did you know that he, this guy that we didn't know much about, he goes, he runs eight businesses. I said, well, that's incredible. As somebody who used to run seven businesses, I understand how many decisions that this person needs to make. He says, that's why he's on the phone all the time because he's constantly being asked to make decisions. And I thought about that. And I said, if he's on the phone all the time, he's got one of two things happening. One, he doesn't have a team around him to be able to offload some of those decisions. Or two, he hasn't empowered them with this message of how to encourage critical thinking all the way through the organization 
so that other people can make some of these decisions. And when we don't empower others to utilize critical thinking, what we're talking about today, we're actually putting a giant monkey on our back. When I was uh, earlier on in my career, I'd probably, I'd run my advertising agency for about five years at the time. I had this business coach and he handed me this monkey, like a, a big mama monkey, like you would find it, a, a, it's probably more like a gorilla, but it was like a big monkey. And on the back of this monkey were, was a little baby monkey. And what he said was, and unless you empower others on how to make some of these decisions, you're always going to put the monkey on your back to make the decisions yourself. And it, that landed with me. So now I got this, this little uh, monkey to remind myself, and I actually have a monkey. If you see him, uh, if you're watching this, you can watch, you can either listen on the podcast or you can watch through Bing. There's a monkey that I have in my, my back, my, my peripheral vision. He's behind me. And the monkey symbolizes to me that I get to empower others because if I don't want to do everything, or unless I want to do everything, I've got to empower others on how to think critically and how to make decisions. I don't want everybody to be like me because that would be a boring world and quite frankly, a crazy world. We don't need a million Kathleen's running around. What we need are people that are individual and can make decisions on their own because that creates flavor creates uniqueness and that's what makes our world so special but in order to evoke that those people around us we get to teach them this process we get to teach them how to be skeptical how to be curious we get to tell them that it's okay to express their opinions and then when they do that we get to make sure that it's a safe space so that we aren't judging and projecting our beliefs on their opinions we get to encourage them to look at lots of different sources of information in order to form a decision we get to teach them how to do that with, with a neutrality. So saying it's not about what you or I believe, it's about once I have all of this information, remember our fruit basket, once I've collected the information that I need, so I've got lots of different fruits, then I can make the decision. And guess what? This doesn't have to take hundreds of hours. We can do this very quickly. And as a leader, if you're questioning how to do this, you want more information, reach out. I'm happy to have that conversation with you. You can get a hold of me at Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. That's by far the easiest way to get a hold of me. I answer my own emails, which I know sounds like, duh, but there are a lot of people that don't. That's okay. Now, whatever works for them. But for me, I answer my own emails. So if you reach out at Kathleen at KathleenReason.com, I'd be happy to respond to you and we can set up a time that works so we can talk through how you can develop these critical thinking skills, maybe up-level for yourself, but really develop these within your organization because it makes a tremendous difference. When I started really empowering my team to have these critical thinking, the stuff on my plate went down dramatically. My to-do list went from about 100 items a day to about five items a day. But those five items, they got bigger because <laughs> I had more time to be able to think about those. I had more time to collect information, but all of a sudden I'm looking at longer problems, bigger challenges now versus every single challenge that was coming up. So it's such a difference in how I spend my day now that I have encouraged critical thinking within my workplace, within my teams. So that is our big message for today. Encourage critical thinking in your workplace. Now we come live every single week for this show. And next week we're talking about how your time is not for sale. 
I work with a lot of professional service companies. And one of the things that we I'm constantly preaching is that we cannot sell our time. We actually get to sell our value. And so building pricing and uh, really thinking about your value and how you can offer that in a way that isn't time, that's going to set you up for success. So we get to really dig into that next week and figure out some of the changes that you can make in your organization to think about how you can create value based on time. Because remember, your time is not for sale. So that's all next week's episode. You can catch us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern time here on Inspired Choices Network. You can listen to the podcast or through the, the TV app through uh, the Binge Network. So let me know if you have any questions or there's show topics that are coming up that uh, you want to hear about. If there, Or there's, there's anything that you want to hear about in the, the realm of executive leadership and coaching your organization and how to grow your organization, let me know. I'm happy to listen to different ideas and think about how we can add to the show to benefit you. So in, in wrapping up today's show, how to encourage critical thinking, remember, teach skepticism. Be the role model. Be the sunshine for your employees, for the people around you. Emulate what it means to think critically. So when you see an article Remember that that's a data point. It is not the data point. It is a data point. It's one of many. And it's our job to review lots of pieces of information. It doesn't have to take hours upon hours, but don't make your judgments based on one piece of data. Know that there's lots of information available to us. If you're part of the Google generation or Alexa generation, just remember that's one data point. And just because Alexa tells you it's 33 degrees outside, don't grab your parka if it's the summer. Know that based on your critical thinking, your levels of decision making here, that we could actually pull in multiple data points in order to drive that decision. So we could talk about this for a really long time. It's a super fascinating subject, but encouraging critical thinking in your organization, again, it frees up your time. And quite frankly, your employees are going to make better decisions. You're going to make better decisions because you're basing it off of lots of different data points. And that is really valuable. Because I don't know about you, but I want to make better decisions. When you have better decisions, you have better results. When you have better results, hey, you created what you want. And isn't that the goal of it all? We set a goal, we want to reach it. So how do we do that? Here's a way, exactly what we've been talking about today. Encourage critical thinking, both for yourself and your team. Again, I'm Kathleen Reeson. I show up here every single week. I'm an executive advisor at heart. And so if you have questions in your organization about how to grow, look me up. Kathleen at KathleenReeson.com. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.